Hello and welcome to the We Are CCA podcast. My name is Alan Fernandez. Joined with me is my co-host Jake Ramsey. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of this podcast. We're very excited. We have a really cool topic here along with a really cool duo of guests that we have with us today. So we're actually going to have them introduce themselves. Uh, so we'll pass it off to our first host here who's here in person. And this is also our first podcast with a remote guest. So she is joining us over a virtual conference call. Um, but of course, you'll introduce yourself when we get to it. So go on ahead, Casey. Casey Young. Um, I'm here as a representative of the high school special education department. I'm a master teacher here that has been with CCA for 13 years. Casey has actually been here longer than me, which there aren't many people left that don't have that have more years of experience at CCA than I do. So it's kind of cool to have a vet in the in the studio with us. That is really cool. And then we have a, a semi new. I mean, Kels, how long you been here? Five years. Five years. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself then? Um, my name is Kelsey Floyd. Um, I am the master teacher for the full-time students in special education. So those would be the students that are in the life skills um, or autistic support. And this is my fifth year with CCA. Nice. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, I know you kind of didn't know what to expect today. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> keep our guests in the dark on purpose. So we appreciate you kind of taking the leap with us here. Um, you know, one of the things that that and I, you know, with my position here, I, I talk to a lot of new families coming in through the enrollment process, and and we do uh, enroll quite a few uh, families that have students and that receive special education services. And one of the things that they that they bring up is that they a lot of times are recommended to CCA because of what our special education department does and the services that we provide and the quality and level of service. So that's one of the things that I hear. So just to put that out there to you guys to take back to your team, I hear it a lot from incoming families that the reason we chose CCA is because of all the hard work and the quality of work that they have heard comes out of the special education department. So you guys do a great job with that. Thank you. That's wonderful to hear. Um, about how many, Casey, how many students ballpark do we have enrolled currently that have IEPs or receive special education services? We have approximately 2,500 students at this time um, that are enrolled with CCA and currently have an active IEP. Um, that does change from time to time due to the open enrollment. So it does fluctuate, but we are on track to have about 2,600 students by the end of this school year. Yeah. So open enrollment means we're enrolling kids all throughout the year. So right. there's no cutoff for that. So we have students coming in at all, at any point in time during the school year. Um, and you're right. That number will fluctuate, hopefully yes. increase Correct. over time. <laughs> we, we love, we love the enrollment numbers going up and we've actually surpassed 10,000 total students enrolled in our community. So it's fantastic. So about 20 to 25%, give or take. I would say it's about 20 to 25%. And that that's a large special education population. It is. Most brick and mortar schools are under 20%, well under 20%. And Kelsey, you, you mentioned uh, that you work with full-time students. So there's different levels of service that students receive. Um, we won't get into defining all of those, but we 
there aren't us being a public school. We serve all students, correct? Yes, we do. So just like in a brick and mortar, you do have your itinerant um, level of students, you have your supplemental, and then you have your full time. And so all, all of those levels receive a certain level of service based on their needs, correct? So some may be more, more involved and more uh, detailed, and others may just need some support with kind of uh, small scale testing or things like that, right? Yes, that is correct. Those in full time, um, they're getting the most support. Um, they usually only have a certain group of um, special education teachers. We're in supplemental. They have uh, special education teachers as well as general education teachers that kind of work with them. They may only be in special ed, say for ELA um, or math. And then itinerant, they're in all gen ed classes. Um, and they just kind of need some support when it comes, like you had said, to testing or, you know, um, maybe some extended time on certain things as well. So we don't turn anybody away because of the level of service that they require. No, we do not. We have students in the full-time population that are nonverbal. Um, so, you know, we are working on getting them just to be able to speak. Um, some say, how do you even do that in a cyber school? And it's quite amazing um, what we do. So, so for those families who may be uh, listening that are not enrolled or are thinking about enrolling their students with CCA, Casey, what is when a new family comes in and we get a new family that has a new student with an IEP. What is the process for transitioning that family from their old school to our program here? So I'm glad you asked that. Um, it's very important that families remember to keep their documents because it's so much easier when they enroll and they have that IEP on hand um, so that we're not wasting time, so to speak, waiting for the school district to, to provide that to us. Um, so once we have that document, then it's reviewed by the managers and supervisors in special ed and changes are made as needed to adopt that document into our setting because sometimes they're really set up for a brick and mortar setting. Uh, then it goes to the master teachers and within 10 days, we're making the phone call to make sure that we get in touch with that family and have that adoption completed, make sure any related services are set up so that they are being provided if they have um, speech and language therapy or occupational therapy, counseling, things like that, um, so that it, it's more of a smooth transition. So can you give a quick example of an accommodation that is provided in a brick and mortar setting that may need to be adapted to fit the cyber model? Absolutely. So there are times when, and I'll give you a scenario for a behavioral, um, sometimes they come in with like a point system that was going on. It was like a, a class-wide reward system that obviously would not hold true here um, because we wouldn't have that same type of a system. So some things are set up that way. Another one would be maybe preferential seating. So in a classroom, if they needed to sit somewhere specific in the classroom, those are, those are some of the ones that really hold up. Or visiting the resource room. We don't have a specific resource room, but instead then the language changes to meeting with your case manager, you know, on a weekly basis or whatever it would be for the need of the student. Awesome. Kelsey, my, my next question is for you. So, and I, I know that you said you work with uh, full-time students, correct? Yes. So receive a, a little bit higher level of support than uh, other students uh, like an itinerant that get itinerant support, correct? Yes. 
So what is your, what's your favorite part or what do you most enjoy about working with that, that, those students in, in the, you know, that are classified as full-time? Um, I would have to say my favorite part is, um, how excited they are to actually learn. Um, all students are excited, but there's just something that really sparks, you know, in them. Um, another thing too, is something that could be so little as reading the word the, um, may not be, you know, a huge ordeal to someone not in a life skills population, but to us, it's like, you know, almost like a milestone, um, and you're kind of rejoicing for it. So the milestones they're making um, are a lot smaller to the average student, but to them, it's huge. And to us, it's great to see. Um, for example, when I first started, I had a kiddo, um, he was part-time in the VB program that we have here, and then part-time in our classes. Um, he really struggled with expressing himself and using his words um, to read and just, you know, do all those things. And now he's fully reading. Um, he's engaged in all of his lessons all the time, you know, so for him to see how far he's come, um, you know, it's amazing as a teacher, let alone, I can only imagine what it's like for those parents that see that. And then, you know, those kiddos as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I, we have one full-time, uh, special education student at the uh, drop-in center. I believe she's full-time, right? Yes. Who, who I know Casey and Kelsey, you both know her very, very well. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, uh, to see her excitement, what kind of as what you said, Kelsey, she has those moments where she gets excited, um, about, you know, achieving something in her coursework or achieving something in an activity, perhaps, whether it be more of an extracurricular activity and doing something in there or in a more academic hands-on activity. Uh, seeing her excitement there is always reinvigorating, I think is a great word I want to use because you can be having the worst of days. And when you see her excited about something, just like, ah, I can't be mad anymore. That's so yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I You even see just going to the drop-in center as well for her. She's come out of her shell so much from the beginning of the school year and it's only December. Like that, to see that as well, it's like, oh, great. Like, I'm glad, you know, she can conversate with other students in there. And she's not super shy because, I mean, when she first started, she was nervous. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do recall a little bit of that. And to see uh, even her bonding with some of the kids in the center has been incredible to see. Um, one other thing that's been incredible to see with her and with some of the other kids is some intentional programming that's begun in the ag works department and that was kind of the inspiration for us being together on this podcast episode uh, as i've seen from from the background some of the excitement some of the energy coming through on this programming and so we wanted to take the time to chat a bit about that sort of the inception of this programming for uh, within ag works for special education students of a, of a variety of uh, within your demographic and kind of see the inception for that. So uh, before we even go through. Yeah, I think we should really um, maybe talk a little bit about AgWorks because if yeah. we have some families that um, aren't as familiar with CCA uh, listening, we probably just want to review that real quickly, what it is, what that program is. So if you if you go back through our episodes that we've done in, uh, and previously, You'll find an episode that we did with uh, Sam Johnson, who is mm -hmm. the director of the AgWorks program. Um, so what we do with this, uh, just kind of a broad overview, is we use uh, soilless agriculture to introduce students to career uh, experiences within the agricultural field. 
So we use aquaponics, which is tilapia. Uh, we use basically we harvest. We take solid waste from fish. We turn it mm-hmm. into fertilizer and we grow plants that way. We have hydroponic growing systems in the lab and we have uh, actually aeroponic where they take those plants, take nutrients from the air and basically you, you water them down and, and it's kind of like um, plants like Spanish moss is an example right. of, a, of aeroponic. So there's three different growing systems. The students get all kinds of different career experiences from actually the green thumb type stuff mm-hmm. all the way to the business, the negotiate, you know, negotiating price points and, you know, locking down deals and, you know, selling to uh, restaurants and, you know, being able to uh, meet the demands of, of a market, that type of stuff. So right. there's a lot, a lot of different facets that this AgWorks program really helps to uh, provide students these these avenues for uh, career development and career exploration within the agricultural field. And about 80% of the jobs in the central Pennsylvania area revolve around agriculture. So that's why that program exists here. So what you guys have done is you have found a way to incorporate AgWorks uh, to provide experiences for your for full time students, correct? For the full time students. For the full time students to to do what? What are you trying to accomplish with it? So I'll start by telling you, um, Kelsey and I, you know, where we're located in the office, we were there to see all of the beginning stages of AgWorks getting up and started, and all the plans that they had for what was going to happen in AgWorks, and you know. She and myself and um, our supervisor, Lonnie Fletcher, we just sat down one day and we were like, wow, wouldn't this be really cool if we could get some of our population in there? And um, so when it turned out that the full time population was going to get involved, I know Kelsey was ecstatic and I'll let her talk about that, too, because, you know, those are the students that don't always have the opportunities to know, like, I can still get into this genre and I can still find something to do in there. Um, so it's been really nice to see what the students have come in and been able to do, you know, because it it's sort of been a little bit of trial and error. Like, let's see what can they come in and seed? Can they come in and harvest? Um, you know, and we've kind of started small scale and moved up with them. And I'll let Kelsey kind of go over some of the the fun things that we've done in there. Um, so to add on to what Casey said, you know, our biggest thing with this population is we wanted to build um, some independence for them. We want them to be able to have a job, you know, when the time comes. We want them to be able to do things independently as much as possible. Um, and we kind of use AgWorks to help us with that. Um, another thing is we, our high school kiddos, they, you know, we want them to do some transition skills. Um, so originally our plan was, you know, let's try to see if we can teach them these job skills that they need, as well as teaching them safety skills and teaching them maybe potentially, um, our end goal was to possibly, you know, sell some things so that they could work with money and kind of see the whole process of goods and services there. Um, Obviously, like Casey said, this is a trial and error thing right now. Um, This was our pilot for eight weeks. Um, We are really ecstatic to offer it again come the spring. Um, so some different things we have done so far, um, as Casey said, they're doing some seeding. So each week they go in and they do seeding and then they transfer their things um, that they planted into the beds. So then we've been even relating it to things we've learned in science. Um, we did, uh, depending on what 
um, science class they were in, we were talking about parts of a plant. So we were able to see, you know, the seed, the stem, the roots, all of those. So even though we're trying to teach them the skills needed, you know, to further after education, we're still relating it to the curriculum in which they're used. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really incredible. Um, and so one of the cool things we've, we've, or rather I've seen with that was you guys have transitioned some of those goals and some of those aspects into two particular things that I saw. Well, number one is the, the Friday, um, internship. Am I correct? The Friday internship right. that you guys so, have with the kiddos. So we have, um, we're calling it a grow program in there and the students come in on Friday right now for the pilot, it was an hour and they would come in and do some of the activities that we just spoke about. Um, and like Kelsey said, we're really excited for it to move into the spring and right. have even more built into that now knowing, um, and we've kind of done some things to set up for starting in the spring and we're hoping to have even more students come out to that one. That's awesome. And then the, the second activity that I saw was a recent field trip that you guys had done, which is another cool aspect is kind of taking the objectives and goals you guys had with all this programming and putting it into a field trip experience with a very specific goal in mind uh, based on the title of the field trip. So I don't want to give that away. So <laughs> could you talk a little bit about that field trip, what it was and kind of the layout you had for it? Uh, I know you guys did a lot of work too with the AgWorks team on developing that uh, together, seeing you guys work together a lot. So if you could share a little bit about that field trip, that'd be fantastic. It actually was a really great ex uh, experience, you know, as a teacher and for those families that were involved. Um, so for anyone that has been to AgWorks, it's bright in there and it's a little noisy. Um, this field trip was specifically for those with sensory um, issues or concerns. Um, so, you know, maybe sound is touchy for some students. Um, and typically they wouldn't be able to go into the aquaponics lab because the sound would bother them. Or, um, you know, like I had said, the lights are really bright. So maybe they would not have been able to go in typically because of the lights. Um, we were able to make a lot of modifications to the AgWorks lab that day. We turned the sounds off. We turned the lights down. Um, we kind of gave them a little rundown of how things were going to go. So we did some transition things with them. Um, there was different areas set up for them to do. So one of them was fish feeding. Um, one was searching for the butterflies that are throughout the lab as a scavenger hunt. Um, that kind of gave the students some independence. And I think that was exciting for them. Um, it wasn't really a teacher-led um, task. So they were kind of able to like explore things on their own. Um, they were also able to seed that day and draw the fish that are in the fish tanks there. Um, and while that field trip was going on, it also gave the opportunity for the parents to um, kind of mingle a little bit. You know, they're not alone. Sometimes parents feel like they're alone with their students, um, but they're not. So it was able, they were able to connect with other families. Um, there was a question and answer session with the supervisors and managers of special ed. Um, and we've gotten so many, you know, great compliments on it. Parents that were like, oh my goodness, like I was nervous for my student to go. Um, there was one particular kiddo who was petrified to leave mom. Um, he walked down with me and he just, uh, he just lit the world on fire then. Um, it was great to see because then when we came back up, he said to his mom, mom, I can't wait to come back. Um, and that was kind of like eye opening for her. She was really surprised by it, but she was amazed at the same time and very thankful towards us. Yeah. I remember 
uh, I can't remember who it was from the AgWorks team when I was chatting with them. Cause again, I overheard this and I thought, how was the field trip? How'd it go? And she had highlighted that, that parent aspect. Uh, she had said that um, from what she saw, and what she heard, you know, a lot of those parents, while of course each of their children are unique um, just as, as a person, as a character, and they each have their own specific needs, even if there are some similarities. Um, there are a lot of aspects about being a parent to a child that has those needs, that has its, you know, its certain challenges and or its um, certain conflicts that she said that those parents had a moment where they could share that with each other um, and just have a moment to meet someone else that can say, yeah, while not the same, I totally get what that feels like, or I totally understand what that means uh, to you and what it meant for me when this happened. And that was probably one of the cooler moments I had heard as a result of this field trip was that aspect of the parents having that moment and that downtime to really just invest in each other and share with each other. Uh, and then likewise for the kids, uh, for the kids to have that moment of bonding with each other and getting to know each other. And again, kind of saying, Oh yeah, we, you know, some other kids who are similar to me in some ways and, Oh, this is really cool. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I have the same thing or I do the same thing or yep. Yeah. I also am a big fan of Harry Styles, <laughs> <laughs> things of that sort. So th those are one of the most heartwarming uh, results that I had heard from that field trip. Um, and so I think that was fantastic to, to hear about and it was incredible. Yeah, and I, I think even big picture too, a lot of times with students and parents of students that, you know, that are full-time or designated as full-time, you know, the, the focus a lot of times is on the disability, right? What they're not able to do. Um, parents are told, you know, your, your student will never do this or don't expect them to be able to do this. Um, students hear that too. And, and it, it sort of puts limitations on them. And, and what you guys are doing with a program like this is you are exploring what they're capable. Correct. So instead of the disability, now we're fo focusing on the capability. What are you capable of doing? What put a positive spin on it. Let's look at what you can do and, it, and then try to expand upon that. So that now they get, you know, some self-esteem, some self-confidence, just like Kelsey, you were talking about that student who didn't want to leave mom, but then walked into the lab and was lighting the world on fire. I mean, he had some, there was some self-discovery there. He learned a little bit more about himself and what he could do. And the parent could see it and realize that there, there is something that it's not all about what, what they can't do. Correct. It's, it's, we need to focus more on what are they capable of? Let's find those avenues to enhance those capabilities so that they can maybe overachieve what some people have put on them as far as expectations. And oh. I think it's, I, I can't express to you how amazing that is to see you guys sort of take that, that step and really allow, open that door to those families. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you. We, and that's why we encourage so many families to just get involved when they see things like this come out, get involved, come out and try it. The, the worst thing that can happen is you don't like it or your student doesn't have a great you know, experience because of one thing or another and it, it doesn't work for them. But you should at least try it because we need to push all of our students regardless of, you know, whether they're itinerant, supplemental, full time, gen ed, all students need to be 
be pushed a little challenged. and challenged. Yeah, challenged. Yes. So we want to see that happen. So again, I just encourage everybody to, to just get involved with these programs when we, we have them available. Now you said there's more things coming in the spring. There are. So we're building the program even further. Um, I know that Kelsey and I have um, some meetings coming up with the AgWorks department to go over what we did in our pilot this fall. And we're going to kind of build out some more of the lessons and, and really get something in place based on what we saw accomplished in the fall. Kels, uh, big, big picture, like dream scenario. What, how, what do you <laughs> see for the future? Like if you had a magic wand and you could wave it, what, what, what would be sort of the pinnacle of what this program could achieve in your, in, in your opinion? Um, in my opinion, I would hope to build it so that it gives all of our kids the confidence that they need to be able to go into the real world um, and have skills that other students don't have. Um, you know, especially how many can say like, oh, they're working in AgWorks. Not many. Um, we do have some volunteering in AgWorks, so potentially the opportunity for them even after they graduate, you know, to maybe volunteer in there. Um, and to get those life skills that they do need, um, you know, our end result eventually was to try to, you know, sell the lettuce we grow or sell different things that we're planting. Um, and just in hopes that we can actually do that. And we have support from our teachers, um, you know, the other staff, the community um, that are willing to help us, you know, make that happen. Awesome. That's awesome. So we're approaching our time here. So I do have one final question for, for both of you, um, kind of tying it back a little bit to the, the listener that is not a part of the CC community, or at least maybe not yet. And they're considering, and they're hearing this and may think to themselves, man, this sounds amazing. They are focusing on what my child is capable of and not what, what they're incapable of or where they're disabled from doing, you know, this sounds great. Um, but they may still have some reservances, just uh, just the nature of, you know, exploring and looking at what special accommodations and needs there needs to be for their child. Even if maybe they're a family that may feel like their child needs some of those things, but there might be a stigma for whatever reason or some sort of reservance in exploring that, um, you know, especially in coming to CCA. What's one piece of encouragement you would give to that family, uh, considering that and wanting to explore CCA, wanting to explore what our special education department can offer them for their child to have the most optimized, individualized education with the accommodations that they may need? I mean, I would have to just say that it, it pays to take risks. And I know it's your child's education, but at the same time, if you're already thinking about it, you're not happy with something that's already going on. I would encourage you to come and check us out, call, ask questions, you know, get involved, come to some of our information sessions where you can meet with some teachers. Um, we have wonderful staff here and great opportunities for all of our students. And especially in the special education department, I haven't worked with a greater bunch of colleagues. So, you know, I would just encourage everybody to just take that risk. 
Yeah, it's kind of low risk, high reward. I mean, there's no yeah. financial investment. Right. Um, you know, you're not paying a tuition. You don't have to buy a laptop. Um, you know, there, there's there's not a you know all the credits and and the if there's if they are working off a credit based system that that all transfers. So there's no there's no risk to try it. If right. if you give it a couple months and it doesn't work out, you withdraw and go back to your previous school exactly. and try something. You know, try something new there, but. Like I, I do, I do think it's, yeah, it's taking a risk. It's, it's not as risky as you think. Right. But the rewards are so much more. Exactly. Exactly. If it does work and everything clicks, mm-hmm. now you're in a, you're in an environment that works. Right. It's con- conducive to your child learning. And now they're developing even more than what they would have at a, in the environment that they're in currently that okay. you're unhappy with. And I've seen it happen so many times. Absolutely. So just taking that jump, that leap of faith instead of a risk, let's say, just just take it, just do it. You have to try what's best for your child. And, and how about you, Kelsey? Um, I agree. Just take the chance on us. Um, you know, we have things that other schools don't necessarily have. Um, and we have the staff to do things also that, you know, other schools aren't able to do. Um, so just kind of, you know, trust us. Um, we want to do what's best for your student. Um, and you know, it is an individualized thing. So, you know, we're willing to work with you as we need to. I think, I think what she said just there, the trust us, Mm -hmm. I, you know, we operate all the time with new families with the understanding that they have already a level of distrust with the educational system in general, right? Mm-hmm. Things did not go well at their previous school. They're dissatisfied for whatever reason, and they're looking for something different, especially mm-hmm. for students with spe- that receive special education services. And so, yes, while it may be difficult to uh, engage in a trusting relationship with a new uh, agency or new school, um, we understand that and we're going to be willing to sort of ease you into it and not, you know, we're going to earn that trust. We're going to build, you know, we're going to make deposits into that bank. We're not just going to expect that, Hey, we're going to have your trust right off the bat. We're going to, we're going to earn it. And that's, that's one of the approaches that, I mean, I've, I've worked with this department as a guidance counselor and now, you know, through the enrollment side of things, I've worked with you guys for 10 years and that is the approach that has never changed is that, you know, there's, we're going to, we're going to work to earn it from you mm-hmm. and we, nothing is expected. So take a leap, you know, have some faith, uh, see if we can earn that trust from you and let's see if we can make it work for your student. Absolutely. So if you're a family that wants to learn more about us, feel free to visit our website, uh, ccaeducate.me. Feel free to call the number on there. Or if you'd like, feel free to visit uh, a nearby family service center. There's uh, close to 10, I think, at this point, uh, or at least just short or just above that, all around the state. Uh, We have a location uh, locator on our website that you can go on to find where your nearest family service center is. And feel free to stop on in, check in, say hello, get to know us, uh, and ask any questions that you need to ask to, to consider this as a option for your child's education. So with that, our time is wrapped up. Kelsey, Casey, thank you both so, so much. It was amazing to have you both here and uh, share a bit about the special education department and to highlight some really cool opportunities you have been doing with kids in your department and to highlight some of those stories and some of those just joyful moments over the last couple of weeks that uh, you've experienced and that we've heard um, as people 
on the outside of, of the planning perspective. So again, thank you both for joining in, especially you, Kelsey. Thank you for joining us <laughs> remotely. Uh, I greatly, greatly appreciate your patience and your time with that. And remember, everyone, that we are CCA. Check us out on, what is it now, Apple Podcasts? Yes, Spotify, YouTube, all great platforms to check us out. Yes, absolutely. Subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode. Absolutely. We are CCA.